He is a Denver native born of Denver natives. A former Denver chief deputy district attorney, he is now an active Colorado trial lawyer. Bright, independent, and full of fun, he has been part of the media for decades. This is The Craig Silverman Show. What a world, what a life, what a day, Saturday, June 25, 2022. Welcome. I am proud to have Governor Jared Polis as a guest and his leading Republican rival, Heidi Ganahl, CU Regent. How about that? Our troubadour has his song, A Place in the Sun, and this is a special show. We've had consequential rulings by the United States Supreme Court. I got to record with Heidi Ganahl on Friday afternoon and thus talk about the Supreme Court decisions. Jared Polis, Wednesday morning we did the interview, and it was fantastic. But we will start with Heidi Ganahl. After the governor, you will hear from our troubadour Dave Gunders and his song, A Place in the Sun, and he addresses a lot of the critical social issues. This is an inflection point for America. As regards the January 6th committee, I've been following it closely. Donald Trump is being exposed slowly but surely. And Heidi Ganahl tells me at the end she will keep an open mind and review their findings. It's going to take Republicans a strong Republican Party to stand up to Donald Trump, and this may be the last opportunity. You will hear that Heidi Ganahl wins my vote in the primary. Boy, she'll have to compete hard in the general for my vote. But I always say who I vote for last week, Joe O'Day, this week, Heidi Ganahl. Have a listen to Heidi Ganahl, CU Regent. Thank you to my guests, and thank you for listening. Tell a friend, subscribe. Oh, and next week, it's going to be a special Independence Day show. I plan to have on nothing but females reacting to the Dobbs decision. This changes everything. I get into it with Heidi Ganahl. And it's also our second year anniversary. So that's going to be a special show, our Independence Day show. That will be episode 103. But for now, enjoy episode 102. Cleanup hitter, a baseball guy, Jared Polis, Heidi Ganahl. She's a college football fan. And guess what? Their wheelhouses, same thing. Entrepreneur and education. What are the odds? Give a listen. It's hot in here. Did that toaster catch on fire? It wasn't that. You choked on that bite of burnt bagel. Why is everything all red? The heat is unbearable. Where am I? Excuse me, your dishonor. May I step in on behalf of my client? Mr. Silverman, proceed. Tell me one redeeming good thing your client did. He was a faithful listener to my radio show. Not good enough. He had decency and compassion for his family. He did end-of-life planning with Michael Bailey. The Michael Bailey? That is kind to your loved ones. That is smart and way too 
decent for this place. Your client can go. And what about me, your despicableness? Why should I? Michael Bailey is my lawyer, too. Go on, then. Get out of here. <laughs> now, part of that was serious, and part of that was fictional. But you will die someday, and if you don't make a legal plan, the government will make one for you. Call my lawyer, Michael Bailey. His rates are reasonable, and he can meet with you and your spouse wherever you want and on weekends and evenings. 720-394-6887 or online at mblawllc.com. Now back to the Craig Silverman Show. This is Craig. Hey, Craig, it's Heidi Ganoll calling. Oh, my goodness. Thank you so much. <laughs> You're so welcome. Thanks for having me on. How are you doing? I'm doing good. What a day, Friday afternoon. And uh, I have to tell you, to get right to the point, because I know you have precious time and to bestow a half hour on me, that's what I understand. I just yes. have so many questions. And let me tell you what's at stake. Uh, I already know a bunch of good things about you. A mother of four, uh, a fabulous wife. I know you got widowed and you persevered. I have to disclose that Camp Bow Wow, my dogs have been customers, very happy oh, there. That's Just so cool. a, a tremendous business. I know you sold that. And I admire you running for office. I know it's difficult as heck. I get to interview both sides. Jared Polis gave me an interview this week. I had Joe O'Day on last week. And at the end of it, I said, I'm voting for you. I'm unaffiliated. There are no Democratic contests where I live. So I don't invest in candidates because I've been part of the media for a while, and uh, yet I vote. And I always tell people who I vote for. So that's what I'm trying to decide for myself and the people in my household. I'll lobby them, I suppose. But uh, are you competing for unaffiliated votes in this primary? Oh, definitely. I, last I looked... There are 45% of voters in Colorado are registered and affiliated, but we expect in the Republican primary, there will probably be between 20 to 30% of the final vote tally will be unaffiliated that decided to vote in the Republican primary. Right. And I already voted for Joe O'Day. I sized him up with some interviews. What a great guy. And you know who <laughs> I had? Guy. Somebody you know, episode 97, I had... Todd Solomon on, the new president oh, yes. of CU. And I like the fact that he was approved unanimously. It's so rare that you get a consensus. You are Colorado's only statewide Republican official, and yet you work collaboratively. Tell us about that process. Sure. Well, I chaired the previous uh, search for Mark Kennedy, and that was a initially a uh, unanimous vote, and then everything kind of went wonky, but um, I was really um, proud and happy to vote for Todd to be our next president. He and I have worked together well for many years, even though we we vehemently degree on, disagree on a lot of political issues. Um, Todd has been our CFO for a long time and is always willing to listen, always willing to work with me on ideas that I have, and has helped me get some big things done at CU. So I think he's going to be a great president and lead us into the future in a very positive, positive way. Please tell me CU is doing great because my son Sam is a sophomore there in <laughs> Boulder, and it, it's such an important part of our state. Don't you agree? 
Oh, yes. It's the third largest employer in the state, and we have a budget of over $5 billion and contribute over $12 billion to the economy each year. Not to mention, we educate you know, lots of our workforce of the future. But yes, the University of Colorado is such an important institution in our state. I've really fallen in love with the research that's being done there, watching what's happened over the last six years as I've been a regent, whether it's the BioFrontiers program or the aerospace program or what happens at CU Anshu and all the medical research. And I was actually the recipient of that. Um, just under two years ago, I got diagnosed with a brain tumor that wasn't cancer, but I had to have brain surgery and had it at CU Anschutz with Dr. Lilahai. And they were just amazing. They got me through no problem and I recovered well. And I got to see the miracle of the research that we do firsthand. Say there again, I just love your story of perseverance. I think it's one of the most valuable human traits, and you have it in abundance. That's just <laughs> wonderful. Tell us about your upbringing. Where did you grow up? Where did you go to high school? My folks moved us to Monument, Colorado when I was 12 years old, which back then in 1978, it was about 3,000 people. So I went to Lewis Palmer High School. Uh, we had 90 kids in our graduating class, but I loved it. I'm still dear friends with um, a lot of people there. In fact, I was door knocking down a monument a couple nights ago, and we went to watch the Avs game afterwards in the little sports bar there. And I walk in, and one of my dear friends from high school that I hadn't seen in like probably seven or eight years was there and came running up and gave me a hug. It's, I was like, oh, this is just so monumental. It's a small world if you're from Colorado, no doubt about it. I'm going to give you, and I let Jared Polis talk about the Avs. Everybody's on the bandwagon. I confess, when I went to Colorado College, graduating in 78, not far from you, but I kind of resented the hockey team because they got all the pretty girls. I played basketball, <laughs> and they were the superstar Division One guys, but... I've gotten over it, and I'm rooting hard for the Avs, but it's not my favorite sport. Basketball is. What's your favorite sport to watch? Well, my husband and I love college football, and of course, the Buffs are my favorite team, but my daughter went to Oregon, so I like the Ducks, and then Jason went to Mizzou. So we are a split household between the SEC and the Pac-12. Lots of battles in this family about that, but I love college football. I love visiting stadiums across the country. One of my highlights as a regent was uh, we get to pick one game a year where we go with the team um, to a game, and I went to Nebraska. We went to Lincoln, and it was crazy. It was so fun, and we we actually won that year. It was, I think, three years ago. and just had a fantastic time. And actually, the people of Lincoln were amazing. They were so friendly and warm till we, till we beat them. And then it wasn't so warm. <laughs> I love that. When I graduated CC, I went to Boulder, CU Law School. And I have such warm regard for my legal education up there. I'd love to see my son Sam go there. I told them that this week. But when I went there, Heller hadn't been decided. We debated what the Second Amendment meant, whether that militia language meant anything. Scalia said it means nothing. And now, as of yesterday, Clarence Thomas on his birthday said, guess what? People have a right to a weapon wherever they travel for self-defense. What say you, Heidi Ganahl? Good ruling? Bad ruling? Well, I, I I think it was the right ruling. I'm focused on the recent laws that passed here in Colorado that have affected or restricted the Second Amendment rights and, and not lowered crime. We have skyrocketing crime here. And I do think our red flag law comes with some concerns about due process, especially since the accused is not part of the initial complaint process. 
But it's definitely a conversation we have to keep going, talking about, especially around school safety, which I've been involved with for a long time. I was on Governor Hickenlooper's School Safety and Youth in Crisis Committee. And uh, gosh, it's just it it hits home here in Colorado. We've got to figure out how to get our schools uh, safe for our kids and make sure that things like this don't happen in the future. Right. It hit home at the table, Mesa King Supers. I used to shop there oh, yes. when I was at CU Law School, and the guy had an AR-15. It's a common denominator. Denver's prohibited those assault weapons. Boulder has. He brought it from Arvada, as I recall. What is the utility of AR-15s in Colorado? Well, I'm, I don't want to get into the specifics of which which gun should be allowed or not. I think it's more about why all of this is happening. And obviously, we've got to protect our Second Amendment rights, but we also have to keep weapons out of the hands of the very mentally ill who want to harm themselves or others. And I think there are good um, methods to do that from talking to law enforcement and uh, district attorneys including George Brockler, my friend, about how we can um, prevent some of these things. But, you know, what we're having here in Colorado is a mental health crisis. We have one of the top suicide rates for kids in the country, in the country right, right. here. And right. second and highest drug addiction. number one killer, Heidi, you're such a beautiful mother. I know your kids mean everything to you. Isn't it tragic in America that firearms is the number one cause of children's death? And my question to you, and... Uh, I appreciate you talking about it, but some people on uh, the side of no gun restrictions say the reason we need these big weapons is to fight a tyrannical government, not for self-defense, but if tyranny comes to America, we have to be ready. Are you down with that? (laughs) <laughs> well, I'm a firm defender of the Constitution and our Second Amendment rights. Um, I do believe there's a balance and good common sense solutions. But the things that we've done in Colorado, the laws that were put in place in 2013 and 14 have not made us any safer. So I know there's a lot of uh, appeal to doing feel good laws. But in the day to day world of law enforcement and how they're pushing back and fighting criminals, don't pay attention to laws. They break the law. There's, so there's that. Do you approve of what the Senate did when they just passed with, what, uh, 14 Republican votes, uh, some what they're calling common sense gun reform? I actually don't agree with that. I think the gun control bill they just passed um, has some unconstitutional red flag laws that affect due process rights. And I don't think that has any effect on determining deterring criminals, again, who don't follow the law when they get firearms. You know, I was part of that red flag law debate. I had a Saturday morning show on KNUS. There were four Republicans vying for governor. One of them was Greg Lopez. I sent out a communication saying, I'm favoring this red flag law. I had Gracie Parrish on, the widow of Zach Parrish. Remember, he was the guy killed, and then his father was on with me. George Brockler was on, and Tony Spurlock And I had Doug Robinson on my side. I forget who else ran, but they were all on the side except Greg Lopez, who said, no, the red flag law will be terrible. No, he's your rival. And the next year, the red flag law did pass. Lopez helped kill it that year. And has there been a parade of horribles? I haven't read about a bunch of people being abused, but educate me, please. 
I do hear stories of uh, concerns around due process, mostly because when um, your first it first happens, you're not part of the process. The one that's accused, that's not the American way. That's not due process. But that's the are... way every criminal situation begins with a detective going to a guy like me when I was a prosecutor. It's one sided at the start, of course. Just like when a woman says, "This man did this to me," that's pretty one sided. But we, of course, take it seriously. Well, we need to keep guns out of the hands of the very mentally unstable or ill folks, but we also need to respect and uphold the Second Amendment. And the first step of the red flag law here, the accused is not part of the process, and I, I don't agree with that. So we may have to just agree to disagree, I, and I, I, I want to focus that. on uh, Can, yeah, can I ask health. you, though, because, and it's kind of unfair, because I interviewed Jared Polis before this landmark abortion ruling, Dobbs, but I know his position. He's very pro-choice, and I know he's gone way too far for people like you, but leave him out of it. This... Uh, Big decision, Dobbs. Uh, I respect your opinion, and I don't think there's any wrong answer. It's what's in your heart. And honestly, I think females uh, should be listened to more than men like me. So I'm going to shut up and just get your <laughs> reaction. Well, I'm pro-life with exceptions for rape, incest, and health of the mother. Um, I have four children. I'm a mom. I have 10-year-old twins, a 12-year-old and a 26-year-old. And I believe the Supreme Court made the right decision today, mostly because I think it's right to empower the states to make their own laws regarding abortion. Abortion And state rights are essential to our constitutional republic. So, you know, there's the two different issues. There's the state's rights issue, and then there's the abortion issue. And what I don't agree with is the bill that they just passed in the legislature in Colorado this last term that makes it okay to have abortions until birth. I just don't feel good about that. I don't feel like it's the what the will of the people of Colorado, the moms, the grandmas, the parents that I know are horrified by that. And I don't think um, it's something that we should you know, keep in our, in our law. All right, and right. And, and may, maybe they went way too far. And maybe there will be a big Republican wave. People are getting tired of paying so much for everything. They're blaming Joe Biden, and he's not doing a great job. Anybody can see that. So let's say you win and the Republicans take the state house. You'd get rid of this uh, over-the-top pro-choice law. But what would you put in? Would you outlaw abortion? Would you make it criminal penalties on the woman, which some other states are doing? Consider that well, because you would be the governor. What kind of abortion restrictions would you favor in Colorado? Well, we've got to meet Colorado where they are. And, uh, you know, I certainly think we need to move the needle, but it depends on the legislation that lands on my desk and my conversations with uh, our constituents around the state. But I certainly don't agree with the bill as it stands right now. And as I said, I'm pro-life with exceptions for rape, incest and uh, life or health of the mother. So that's where I stand on that issue. But I've also been a huge advocate for young women and uh, helping them economically achieve big things, whether it was She Factor that I started with my daughter to help young women in their 20s create a life they love, or Moms Fight Back, the nonprofit I started to help victims of domestic violence and child abuse and reform the family courts around that. So I think we can roll up our sleeves and make it, um, you know, make uh, but, a wonderful world for young women in Colorado. Right, but Heidi, this is such an important issue, and there is a chance you're going to be the governor. And I think it's important to consider that Colorado is surrounded by a number of states that's going they are criminalizing abortion right this minute. You talked about Missouri, they're shutting it down. Oklahoma is going to sanction the woman. 
What if they make it against the law to flee Oklahoma to have an abortion in Denver? Then the woman gets arrested here and you are going to be asked, will you extradite? Because that's a gubernatorial process. What will you do? Well, Craig, I'll deal with it. I don't deal with hypotheticals, so we'll see how this plays out. But I don't agree that Colorado should be an abortion tourism state and that we should allow abortion until birth. So there's got to be a way to move the needle back and uh, protect the unborn and uh, to help young women have their have their babies and move on and have a, a successful life. But right, at the that, end of the that, day... Yeah, I, I wish it wasn't a big issue, and it was never in my top 10. I'd debate Dan Kaplis about it. I thought I won, but I couldn't match his passion. Now I'm starting to because I'm realizing the implications, which is it's probably good for our housing values because I think a lot of people are going to move to Colorado. They don't want to live in a state with that kind of government overreach. Can't you foresee that? And it's sort of like marijuana, where people who like marijuana, they came to Colorado, and Colorado becomes more and more a a way that we don't recognize from our youth. Can you see that? Well, let's talk about government overreach, because Jared Polis is the king of government overreach. He's put in 84 new taxes and fees. He's grown the size of government by 20 to 25 percent. He's added 4,000 new full-time employees. He's decimated our oil and gas industry. Small businesses are feeling suffocated, and parents flipped 10 school boards last year because they were so upset about how he's handled our schools and the education of our children. So I, I... yeah, I, I think that he's the poster child for government overreach. And I, I believe people in Colorado are very ready for new leadership, mostly leadership that will trust them to make good decisions about their life, their business, and their families. All right, let's talk about Jared Polis. I asked him, what are your wheelhouse areas? Can you guess what he said? Where he uh, considers himself an expert? <laughs> let me let me let me guess. Um, government overreach and uh, digging into our pocketbooks and taking more of our taxes. And fees. Well, before I tell him, what are yours? What's your wheelhouse? Well, I'm a small business owner and entrepreneur who built a company from scratch that turned into one of the country's largest pet care franchise franchises. I'm certainly not. I don't have a silver spoon. I I started everything with um, you know, some uh, just some dollars in my pocket and built it around a passion that I had. I'm also a mom of four that I've been on the front line of education reform. I've helped launch three different charter schools and gone toe-to-toe with the teachers' unions to do what's right for our kids, and I'll continue to do that as governor. And finally, my dad was a police officer, so I respect law and order, and we have skyrocketing crime here in Colorado and a huge fentanyl issue, and I will be um, happy to get tough on crime and make our neighborhoods and our communities safe again and stop the flow of fentanyl into our state. It's one of the key issues I hear about everywhere. Oh, my gosh. Honestly, you guys could be on the match game because Jared Polis said this. He said, my wheelhouses are entrepreneurship and education. And then he bragged about the schools that he started, too. But you beat him on the dad stuff because <laughs> I sort of pounded him. And I'm not trying to be difficult. I like you both. I admire you both for putting yourself out there. But I asked him if he was an expert on the criminal justice system since he intervened in that uh, tragic uh, Madero's case, right? Said it's going to be a 10 year yes. sentence. I've talked to the Kardashians and I've listened to others. He didn't say that, by the way. He said, uh, Yeah, I, I heard what she wanted to do, just like I'm listening to you, Craig, or 
Um, but you haven't beat with your dad being a cop and all that. <laughs> but isn't it interesting that the first two things, entrepreneurship and education, you two well, are you two are a match. <laughs> what I would ask him then is, if he's so focused on helping small business owners and entrepreneurs, how come we've dropped from number 11 to number 29 in business-friendly states? And on education, how come 60% of our kids in Colorado cannot read, write, or do math at grade level, and we're spending more than we ever have on education in K-12? through Those two things don't jive. Now, do you want to give them some Kardashian crap? Because this is that portion of the podcast. <laughs> yeah. Go ahead. Well, I, I'd rather move that uh, that judgment to my opponent in the primary who said he would pardon Tina Peters when he was elected governor. And I, I think that's just as bad as what Jared Polis did was stepping into, um, you know, making a change in that truck driver situation. When I, I actually watched the Zoom call with the victims' families and they were horrified by what he did. They said, just let it play out. It's 10 days out. And for my opponent to say he would do the same thing, that's like, gosh, we got to let the process play out. That's why we have a, a strong judicial system. Um, and we've got to make sure that we listen to the victims in these situations and, um, you know, have them be, feel heard and, uh, you know, respected. And Jared Polis didn't do that in that situation. Boy, you hit a, a nerve there. And I'll go back to it. But you brought up your dad. Tell us about his influence. Where did he serve as a cop? So my dad was a reserve police officer in Irvine and Costa Mesa, California, and then he was the volunteer deputy marshal in Palmer Lake after we moved to Monument. How cool is that? And was it a big <laughs> department or? Well, in, yes, in Irvine and Costa Mesa, yes, but um, in Palmer Lake, no, no, it was one of one of I think two, the marshal and the deputy marshal, and he had the big ten gallon hat. But he loves giving back. My parents helped bring soccer to Colorado when we moved here. They started AYSO here, and they taught me to always be very grateful for the things that I've gotten by being born where I am and into the family I am. And I feel so blessed. I've been able to live the American dream. And that's one of the key reasons I'm running. I want to protect that for our kids and grandkids. And I'm really worried that it's slipping away. I'm really worried too. And you talked when I brought up Rohel Aguilera Medeiros, and I criticized the governor for intervening, although he did calm it down. Would you give him that? I mean, we'd still be talking about it. It probably would still be litigated on a motion to reconsider. He kind of took it away as a big issue. Colorado has other things to think about. But I, I, I would say that what Tina Peters did, I, I was thinking about it as you compared the situations. And Madero's killed multiple people. And that's just... A tragedy. And I agree with you that the victims were not treated properly by the governor's office. And I, I wish he would have done it another way uh, because it, I, I'm big on victim rights. But then I think about Tina Peters and we could say, well, that's just a process crime. There weren't any victims, but I'm feeling victimized, Heidi. And this is really animating me as a lawyer and it's affected my life because the law firm I've been at decided to represent Tina Peters, and God love her for that decision, but I'm leaving that law firm. That's the decision I made in my personal life, and uh, it impacts me. It impacted me at the last radio station because I was calling out Donald Trump for shaking down Zelensky, saying, Mr. Zelensky, all you have to do is announce that the Bidens are under investigation. I'll take it from here. And then I watched the January 6th committee 
I saw a great prosecutor named Donahue who took notes, and the president said, all you have to do is say the election was corrupt, and I'll take it from there with my Republican allies. And one of them, I believe, is Tina Peters and Mike Lindell and all those guys that I'm going to start talking about again because I'm at my own law firm, and I think it's the most important issue in the world because I think democracy is teetering because of Tina Peters, and you brought her up because I'd never vote for Greg Lopez after what he said. I'm going to pardon Tina Peters. Expand on that. Why is that bad judgment in your mind? Well, first of all, we've got to let the process play out. Again, we have a judicial process for a reason. And, you know, I don't think interfering that whether you're governor or, you know, just involved as a DA or law enforcement is the right thing to do. We've got to be respectful of that, especially for our victims. But at the end of the day, um, man, we have to respect our election process and get back to a point where people trust it. There has been so much distrust on both sides, actually. If you think back to when Trump got elected, people were, you know, a lot of the Democrats were, Russia, 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 this is not cool. He's not really the president. And then Biden gets elected. And it's like, no, the election was stolen. It's so divisive. Well, did you read and that Mueller report? Because I, I, I don't want to buy that Russia, Russia, Russia stuff. And I just love you coming on my show. But a lot of people pointed out to me that you went on Steve Bannon and Charlie Kirk's. And I, I, I worry they're part of this big lie that could destroy America for my children and your children. And I just wonder your thought process, agreeing to go on Steve Bannon's show after he's been involved in so much criminality, keeps getting pardoned. He's the guy who apparently was working with Team Trump, said it's going to be wild, just like the president said. I, I, I mean, why go on, Steve Bannon? It's a large audience, but did you think? Explain it, please. Because I'm going everywhere, Greg, because I want to talk to everybody and I want to try and understand everybody's perspective so I can figure out a way to bring us all together. That's the only way we're going to get it done. I have to be open to uh, going on Colorado Public Radio and going on to, um, you know, West, talking to Westward, but still going to other places that are, um, you know, that other people don't feel comfortable with. It's across the board. And when I am a CEO or a leader as a nonprofit or a regent, I listen to everyone and then I take in all of that information and try and make the best decision possible that will bring people together around a big, bold, common idea that we can get around, all of us can get around to get our state out of this mess, to get our country out of this mess. We've got to do things differently. Picking a side is not working. I, I like that answer. And I, I I understand you are in a race. You want to win. He's got a huge audience. I listen to you on there. And you brought out the fact that clearly Jared Polis does not want to run against you. And the Dems are financing this massive campaign to pump up Greg Lopez. But the gist of the ad is that this guy is too mega for Colorado. <laughs> and I agree with that. But it appeals to a lot of Republican voters. So it, isn't it truthful when they say that? And when Steve Bannon asks you, because I'm sure he's getting shit from the... Uh, Lopez side, why why am I not on? Bannon keeps asking you, tell us why you're more MAGA than your opponent. And he kind of danced around that. 
and I love your dog. He's yes, wanting sorry. to answer this. No, I, I love dogs. He's my assistant. <laughs> no, no your only problem is Jared Polis is a dog lover too, but that dog sounds bigger than Gia. <laughs> I'm sure Gia. he doesn't like cats. <laughs> yeah, something like that. But just back to this issue that's bugging me. I would not invite Alex Jones to be on my show. I think that guy with his Sandy Hook lies is just going too far. Would you, would you go on his show? No, I no. I, I'm dear friends with lots of the Sandy Hook um, community, as I train some service dogs, some emotional support dogs. Well, but what, I do. What about these white supremacists with shows like Nick Fuentes or Michelle Malkin, who is? Uh, I mean, do you draw that? What about Jenna Ellis? I hear her coming on to talk trash about you. <laughs> What's yeah. up with that? That was weird. I don't know. I've never met her, never talked to her. So I'm not quite sure what happened there. But, you know, Craig, every day you wake up in this campaign world and you have to make quick judgment decisions and do your best to listen to as many people as possible and bring as many people under the tent as possible. The only way we're going to win in Colorado as Republicans is to um, bring folks into our tent that haven't been voting for us before. So my job is to figure out what, what can we all agree on? And the things that I think we can agree on are we've got to address crime. We've got to address the affordability in Colorado and the cost of gas and fuel. And finally, our kids, our kids are in a crisis. That should be the number one thing we are all yelling from the rooftops that we have got to figure out right now. It's just tragic. How can we have the top suicide rate for kids Ugh. in the country? One of the top suicide mm -hmm. rates. How can we have one of the top drug addiction rates for our kids? How can our kids not know how to read, write, or do math? That's insane. That's what I think people can come together around if I give them big, bold solutions. And, you know, the other things are going to still be out there, but we've got to find some places to agree and work together. That's the only way we're going to get through this mess that we're in as a state and as a country. All right, this last minute together, you are getting to me because I'm a parent and I sense your love of children and Colorado's children. So I trust you in that regard. And you also talked about you got to meet Colorado where it is. And I'm taking that as a sign that you understand Colorado's pro-choice state. You just don't want it to be that pro-choice. <laughs> I get all that. All right. It, you, you have to evaluate the timing. It's uh, Friday afternoon, Saturday morning. My show airs. A lot of people have voted, but a lot of unaffiliated people are trying to make a decision. Um. I'm thinking that I have a lot of Republican friends through the years. I'm getting so angry. I said this to John Southers at Norm Early's memorial. How can you go with this big lie? I, I hope, just commit to me like Joe O'Day did, that you'll stay open to the findings of Representative Cheney, Kinzinger, and the rest of that committee. You will evaluate the committee and total. And I appreciate you've been busy campaigning, so I'm not grilling you hard. But will you keep an open mind? I mean, Nixon was a bad guy, and it wasn't until Republicans said, hey, you got to go. I, I want you to be that kind of Republican. Will you just commit to keep an open mind on that? Absolutely, Craig. That's, that's what I'm trying to do by listening to all different perspectives. And one of my passions at CU has been free speech and teaching kids how to debate again, because we don't even have a debate club at CU Boulder. It's crazy. And so I started this project called the Free to Be Coalition. And what I teach the students up there, what I've been so passionate about with this project is you have to get uncomfortable. You have to listen to perspectives and ideas and opinions that you don't want to hear. 
And you just have to find little places to meet in the middle to agree on and let that agreement grow. I think that's how we're going to heal. I'm committed to that and not just committed to it from one party. I'm committed to it for all of Colorado and for our kids. Because if we don't figure it out as grownups, our kids certainly aren't going to get that from us. So we've got to set an example and be role models and teach them how to reach across the aisle make things work again in our state and our country and get back to being all Americans and Coloradans instead of this side or that side. Just one more itsy bitsy, and I'm not going to give you grief, but I am entering private practices, I guess I just announced to the world. And I could do- Congratulations. Pro, I could do pro bono a divorce between you and John Eastman. You never even met. People are trying to slam you for some <laughs> association. But I think you want to divorce yourself from that guy. At the same time, I'd like to put you together with another guy I've gotten to know named Kyle Clark. And he, for better or worse, has the top-rated newscast in Colorado. He wants you on his show. Why do you keep resisting him? I have been meeting with every single journalist possible and doing every show possible, but Kyle has been uh, more of an activist than a journalist and very snarky and and somewhat mean on Twitter to a lot of my um, conservative women friends. And I just think it's uh, it's go time for the primary. I'm focused on winning this election and getting the word out in other ways. I'll, I'm happy to meet with him after the primary, but let's focus on Tuesday for now. And then we can have a chat about how Kyle and I can meet at the Waffle House. I think that was his challenge oh, on the taxes. I was hoping we could do a mediation <laughs> at my new tech center office. Heidi Ganahl, you cannot have been nicer. And guess what? You got my vote because I Woo-hoo! think Colorado needs a viable Republican Party. I, I can't stand this big lie stuff and the people who go along with it. And the guy you're running against, that would be terrible for Colorado if he was the Republican nominee. You are a normal, sensible person. I don't agree with all your views. You don't need to agree with mine. But I appreciate your accessibility to me, and good luck out there. And I I think my family is going to vote for you, too. Well, thanks, Gray. I so appreciate that. And I am excited to be the first woman governor of Colorado and to bring us all back together and protect our kids and build a brighter future for and them. Guess and guess what? Yeah. yeah, and dogs too. And, and guess what? Your interview is going to run ahead of Governor Polis's, but you're invited to come back anytime. And I am so honored that both of you favored my podcast with interviews. Good luck out there. Be safe and be well. Thanks, Craig. And go Avs. Go Avs, go Buffs, go go all Colorado. Bye-bye. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Take care. Greg. Now, during the pandemic and otherwise, a lot of people have so much affection for their pets. That must come up all the time. What's going to happen to Scruffy? What can you tell us about that, Michael Bailey? What you can do is create a pet trust in Colorado. You put money into trust, and then that money is available and earmarked to care for the dog and it can last the lifetime of the dog or 21 years, whichever is shorter. And then when the time frame for the trust is up, you can dictate who gets whatever leftover money or I have several clients who will leave it to some sort of animal shelter or animal rescue to be able to care for other animals. How cool is that? You can go to Mike Bailey's office and he has offices all over and you could meet at your home, whatever. 
I love the way you practice law. You've kept it going for a long time. Tell everybody how they can make you their lawyer. So my phone number is 720-394-6887. And again, that's 720-394-6887. They can call me or they can go online to mobileestateplanning.com. And there's a link there where you can schedule an appointment with me. Hi, Craig. How are you? Hello, Governor. First of all, how's the family? Everybody's wonderful. Thank you, Craig. We had uh, we had the the the, uh, uh, the Boulder Jewish Festival last weekend at the mall. It was nice, and you should come up for that one of these years. You know why I will do that? Because I have my youngest is going to see you Boulder and uh, leads college business. I'm pretty proud, so I'm gonna come back to Boulder. I was thinking about you and your dog Gia who you are utilizing for your NFT, right? 5280, which is about my home city, which is Denver. You didn't grow up in Denver, but you spent a lot of time here. It's Colorado's capital city. I just wonder how you like Denver these days. Well, you know, I, Craig, I, I work all over the state, right? So I'm in, you know, Fort Morgan one day and Pueblo the next. Uh, state capitals in Denver, but we also have uh, operations all over the state. So I'm, I'm in Denver more during the state legislative session. Um, you know, other like yesterday I was in Aurora. I, I try to be a governor for the whole state. But um, do I like working in Denver? Yes, Denver has great restaurants. Um, you know, I haven't had a chance to enjoy, you know, DCPA or any of the stuff I usually love. I'm just too busy. But um, it has great, you know, it's a cultural capital of the state. No, I got it. I'm a native Denverite, but I went to CU Law School. Do you consider yourself a native Boulderite or how do you describe it? Well, yeah, I was born in Boulder. So, um, you yeah, know, absolutely. A great town. And that's that's where our kids were raising our kids. And as I said, I, I really like the whole state. And I was at the um, the first Avs uh, uh, Stanley Cup game. That was pretty exciting, too. We were a great sports town. So it's fun to see the Mammoth and, the, and now the hopefully the Avs. Let's not just go right past Gia, though, because Gia is special. How is your puppy? Gia's great. She just turned 13 years old last week, so we had a little party for her. I met Gia on, what was it, March 3, 2015 at the Capitol. We'll get to that, but let's get to the headline of Jared Polis, why everybody's loving you these days. You're giving, what, 750 bucks back to everybody? Tell everybody what's going on there. Well, we call it the Craig Silverman Special, and uh, you're going to be getting $750 yourself. Every Coloradan will be getting uh, $750 back, actually $1,500 for joint filers. So, you know, if you do one filing as a married couple, yeah, you don't don't lose out. You don't gain. There's no marriage. It's the Craig and Trace Silverman refund. There you go. But do we have to get an end by June 30th? I get an extension. What happens if I miss that deadline? So you, first of all, you, listen. So ninety percent of Coloradans, Craig, file by mid-April. They they do the normal thing. They're going. They don't have to do anything else if they're listening to this. They just get it automatically in August. If you do file an extension, uh, you can actually go all the way through October seventeenth, and maybe that's what you do. Uh, the people, if you want to get that refund quickly in August, 
you need to file by June 30th. Um, now, if you file by September, October, you don't lose out on the refund. Don't worry. You just you just get it next January because obviously we can't send it out before we know who you are and you file. But if you file in October, you'll get it in, in January. Maybe we'll be able to get them out in December, but you know, you're talking more like December, January for that. You know, you're in a very special, what, five, six percent of people that 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 wait for that extension. So what about the fact that we pay a progressive income tax, but the refund is all the same for everybody? Your decision or why? Explain it, please. So we have a federal progressive income tax. The state rate is actually a flat tax, Craig. So right. um, and we de- decreased it twice in my time as governor. So when I came in, it was uh, 4.64%. We then reduced it to 4.6 or 4.58. And now it'll be going down to 4.5% next year. So that that is the, uh, that is, and it's much lower than federal. Federal, you might be paying 30, 40%, you know, something like that. The state one is just that 4.5%. Now I put out a tweet thanking you for this, but I also said, even though it gives me kind of a bad taste in my mouth because I've had some negative verbal encounters with the man, but Douglas Bruce and the Tabor Amendment, is that responsible for the 750 individually? So, you know, the, the Tabor Amendment in our Constitution is responsible for the surplus we have. How we use that is up to us, meaning the legislature, the governor. It could be tax credits. It can be refunds. It can be income tax reductions. The current refund mechanism, this is really wonky stuff, Craig, but I know your audience loves wonky stuff. So the current refund mechanism uh, dates from a uh, a bipartisan deal between Owens and Andrew Romanoff when they had that split control early 2000s. They said we have a taper surplus. Owens wanted, frankly, the same thing I want, which is income tax cuts. And he got some of that. There's a temporary income tax cut to 4.5%. Now, that income tax cut is worth a little less now because we permanently reduced the income tax rate to 4.58. I supported it. The voters approved it. So, so it's, it's, it's worth 0. 0.5, 0.808 instead of the 0.16 that it was. So they did that. They also then created what they call a six-tier refund mechanism. It's really complicated. It may or may not be smart policy, Craig, but nobody knows what the hell it is. And nobody knows they're even getting it. And then they get it like a year later. So what we worked on with the legislature for this one is we said costs are going up now. Let's take whatever surplus we have instead of maybe sending it out sometime next year and squandering some of it on special interest tax credits. Let's just say cash check soon. Help people with rising gas and rising rent. And so we moved it up about a year and we're just sending it out. It's a crisis. Let's dive into another thing that. I like Night News. I watch Next. I bet you do, too. It's Colorado's most watched newscast. Marshall Zellinger said, oh, Jared Polis is doing something he never campaigned about. He's getting involved in swimming pools. Yeah, we have a crisis all of a sudden. Kids need to swim and we need lifeguards. So I love Marshall, but that was the worst. I saw that yesterday. That was the weirdest framing Uh I had ever seen. I I didn't need to do anything with swimming pools in the past. They were all open. Uh I I figured yeah, I mean, it wasn't an issue. So like anything, I, I try to be very responsive, Craig. You know me well. And and only 57% of pools right now are open or they you know, cut back their hours, some are closed. So we said, we got to fix this. How can we help? We did three things. 
there's going to be some some grant money moving out to park districts and cities to pay people a little bit more. It's what you need to do these days. Secondly, we're allowing uh, 16 and 17 year olds to work overtime. Normally, they're they're prohibited from overtime. We're, we're saying it's up to them if they want to work overtime in a time and a half, just like 18 and 19 year olds, they can. And then we're also supporting through workforce centers more lifeguard and CPR training. So, um, you know, did I run on it? Well, it wasn't an issue because the screen pools right. were open when I ran last no, night. No, that's so, what you know, I like about you. And on the money thing is, it seems to me you didn't spend it all. That's why you can give it back. That's responsible. The other thing is you see a problem, you fix it. Do the Avs have a problem? We're talking Wednesday morning. It's 2-1, 6-2 in game three. I think they're going to pull through, but I don't really understand hockey. What about you? Yeah, game two and three were almost the converse of one mm-hmm. another. We blew them out. They blew us out. Um, we have a good team, and I'm I'm just super excited to cheer them on. Also, our um, uh, lacrosse team, Mammoth, just won the uh, the national championship. So I want to I want to highlight them. Uh, not as big a sport, but a big sport, a growing sport. But yeah, hockey, uh, Avs, um, Stanley Cup, we're ready. Right, my big sport, the Nuggets. Do you think in my lifetime? I know yours. We'll get to baseball. We'll get to baseball. At least we have really rich ownership of the Nuggets, the Avalanche, now the Broncos. We don't have time to talk about the Broncos because we could all the time. My question for you, because you get seven fifty back too. You get fifteen hundred. Do you file jointly now? Yeah, we're married, so we are joint filers. All right. So with that fifteen hundred and the other shekels you've saved through the years maybe you could buy the rockies i mean if this presidency in 2024 doesn't work out george w bush bought the rangers and then he got to be president you could really if you brought a world series back to colorado i think you could do it craig we brought the all-star game give me some credit we got that done that was fun i know but that's that's not a sustained entertainment product um how much do you remember about March 3, 2015, when you and Gia welcomed me to the Capitol for the Bibi Netanyahu speech? Because it's top 10 stuff for me in my studio. I have a picture of that day, and uh, I got to interact with you, with Corey Gardner. Do you remember that day? You have so of many course, big I was days. glad you happened to be in town for that uh, that historic occasion. We um, It was called a joint session of Congress. We didn't have a lot of those, Craig. I had maybe six or seven in, in my 10 years. So it was a, it's, it's, it was a very special, uh, very special day. I know it was for me. Yet looking back, I really admired Bibi Netanyahu. I admired you for being on the escort committee, even though you were going to vote the other way. And time may have proved you right. And my admiration for Bibi Netanyahu has diminished greatly. And um, so I compliment you on that. And I, I'm wondering if that whole kerfuffle. I mean, Joe Biden wouldn't show up. You remember that? Somebody else had to sit behind Bibi. If that kind of paved the way for Donald Trump, maybe it was a a bit, you know, what I thought was a great day. Maybe it was part of the problem. Have you thought about that? Yeah. You know, I think that, and I I really appreciate the the way that you've approached this, Craig. I think we always have to look at politicians and evaluate them through a lens of, are they good for liberal democracy? Do they support democracy? Um, you know, policies are one thing, right? And you and I know Naftali Bennett, every bit as conservative as BB, you know, your Lapid might have some different policies, but you know, it's not about policies. You and I could point to policies that Trump had that we like. It's about, are they healthy for the Republic? Are they healthy for, and the answer is 
I believe, in the, obviously, in the case of Donald Trump, it's very clear, Craig. But also in the case of Bibi, especially the way he's handled himself uh, through forcing Israel through, what, three or four elections now and really looking out for himself rather than the state of Israel. Uh, I don't think he's as healthy for democracy as some of the other candidates. I had a great old man who used to say, Craig, there are people on the take and people who do it the right way. And you can make it in this world doing it the right way. But some people are on the take. Let's go back to the Capitol because you worked there. And the important thing, Craig, it's not about liberal conservative, right? Right, of course not. Yeah, you know, Representative Cheney's as as conservative as they get. And she has a lot of integrity and she's going about it that way. There are politicians in Israel uh, to the right of Bibi that are not part of the coalition. I mean, look at Gideon Saar and Naftali Bennett and some of the others, right? Right. And what was it? You Representative Jefferson from Louisiana had a bunch of cash in his freezer or something like That's that. Right. He was a Democrat. I mean, it it happens every which way. But uh, go back to the Capitol, January 6th, your workplace, where you took Gia. I don't know if you could take Gia anymore into the Capitol. What, what are your thoughts about January 6th? I have not heard it. It was it was horrific. I, I took a few days to process it and I did put something up on Facebook after it happened, because, as you know, Craig, I worked there for 10 years and it's a very special place to work because it's I call it, it's a living museum. Right. We have people coming through under, you know, looking at our history as our nation, but it's also a working museum. Right. We are there as a Congress representing the people, you know, as you said, bringing Gia through the, the corridors. Um, uh, I you know take people on night tours, 10, 11 o'clock at night. Um, and, and we make laws there and it's, it's such a special, you know, for a democracy, it's the closest thing we have to a holy place, right? It's the, it's the holy seat of our, of our Republic, our constitutional Republic that our founding fathers had the vision to create and to see it desecrated, uh, people killed, uh, rioted, tr- people trying to prevent the, the democratic process from moving forward, the certification of the vote. I mean, it was really scary, uh, Craig, for me to see that. And just on a personal level, knowing that, you know, that was where I walked every day, like that speaker's lounge where, where the, the, you know, one of the women got shot trying to get, trying to take Ashley out. Babbitt. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, literally trying to get onto the floor of the Held house. by Donald they, Trump, really. Cueing yeah, on all yeah. of that. But uh, what do you think about the hearings? Do you have time to follow it? I'm glued to it. Yeah, I'm glad you are. Uh, I unfortunately have a very busy day job. So I just catch the headlines, Craig. I, I really wish I could watch it, but I've been busy getting swimming pools open, sending out $1,500 where we're, we're, we have a lot going on. And and um, so I, I just I just have time to catch the headlines. But it seems like they're giving a thorough bipartisan analysis. They're having good witnesses come forward. I think it's important for the present and future of our country to really testimonialize this uh, in a way um, that 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 stands up to the um, uh, for future generations. What about the committee, the House members? Who do you know best on that committee? Uh, you know, I certainly know. I was on a rules committee with uh, with Cheney, and she was she was great, um, Liz Cheney, and uh, I know Adam Kitzinger not as well, but I know most of the Democrats on there too. Most, nearly all of them were there when when I was in Congress. These are thoughtful people. These are not. Um, you know, these are people, Zolofgren, solid, right? I mean, she's, she's, I worked with her on intellectual property policy, on tech policy. She's a very senior member of judiciary. Um, so I got to hone her, know, know her very well. So what about the Colorado connections to January 6th? Are you following that? Yeah. I mean, that the, a lot, the, the, the sort of fictitious legal strategy was in part or in whole devised by a 
CU professor, um, which is a very uh, sad <laughs> tie that, that that somebody associated with our with our marquee institution of higher ed was was involved with this fictitious uh, John Eastman, right? Yeah, Tom Eastman, uh, John Eastman, and, and uh, carried out by another Colorado lawyer, Jenna Ellis, based on a lie that was told by uh, Douglas County entrepreneur Joe Oltman. Have you ever met him? Uh, as far as I know, I've never met any of those three people. I, I, I don't, you don't know if they've been in a room, but I, I don't, I'm not, I don't know any of those three people. I will tell you the most disturbing part for me is the realization that Donald Trump apparently coordinated with the Proud Boys, a white supremacist gang who didn't even go to this beach, but a couple hundred went ahead with a documentarian to case the place, find the weak point. To bust down the barriers, knock over brave officers like Carolyn Edwards, who protected you. 140 cops hurt. Nobody on right-wing media even says the name of Carolyn Edwards or Al Schmidt, a responsible GOP Philly official who stood up for the truth, got tweeted against by the president of the United States. The testimony's been unbelievable, including that Mike Pence was in real danger of getting murdered. So was Nancy Pelosi. And just go back to the Proud Boys and white supremacists coordinating and conspiring with Team Trump for January 6th. I'm blown away. There needs to be responsibility for this. What do you say, Governor? Yeah, this was a extra legal militia that appeared to have been involved with um, actions of sedition designed to undermine the republic. So, I mean, it needs to be treated with that degree of seriousness and uh, the facts need to emerge, and and uh, I know there have been a number of people involved with the uh, January six prosecuted, but um, need, you know the buck needs to stop with those responsible. I like Adam Schiff. He put on the presentation on Tuesday. I imagine you know him. He's served since yep. two thousand. You like him? Yep. I think he's smart. Smart guy, smart as a whip. Former prosecutor, you know, DA, smart guy. Gotta um, like that. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, I hear. The president of the United States get anti-Semitic on Adam Schiff, and I can't stand it. He used to call him pencil neck. Now he calls him shifty Schiff. The other day at a faith forum, he called him Mr. Watermelon Head, kind of conflating bigotry, like when Peter Boyles called me Craig Kaepernick. What? Or when Peter Boyles called you Pontius Polis. We're not stupid. We get the code, right? And I'm just startled how much of this is out there. What about you? Yeah, I mean, and if that's the kind of uh, acceptable version that comes out of people's lips, you know what that what they're thinking inside oh. is, is is probably worse. So yeah, it's 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 scary what's out there. It's uh, this kind of uh, bigotry, and and you've talked about this before. We condemn anti-Semitism on the left as well, but you know, just w when you have folks who are very aggressive to condemn it on the left, they they need to also condemn it on the right. It's just like we we talked about, you know, people who support the republic liberal democracy, it doesn't mean you're conservative or, conservative or liberal. The same thing with anti-Semitism. It's wrong. You're, whether you're left or right, it's not an excuse. It's wrong. It's wrong. It's also wrong to be racist against black people, against Hispanic people, against uh, Native Americans, against any group. Bigotry is unacceptable. I had Judith Berg, an expert on hate, the ex-wife of Alan Berg, murdered June 18, 1984. She was my guest last episode, episode 101. It was powerful. You're a lot younger, but you were alive when Alan Berg was murdered. Do you remember that? Did you ever listen to him? 
What year was that? 1984. Yeah, I would have been just, you know, eight or nine years oh, old. Okay, I, I too can't young. Remember. Yeah. Way too young. Anyway, what do you consider to be your wheelhouse? What's your maximum area of expertise? My, my expertise, I have probably two. One is uh, business. I'm an entrepreneur, started several businesses. Within business, it's entre- entrepreneurism. I co-founded Techstars. I've started you know, over a dozen companies, three of which have succeeded and grown and done well. Uh, my other expertise is education. I've started charter schools. I've run charter schools. I served on that com- uh, education committee in Congress for a decade. I served on the State Board of Education for six years. So those are the two main areas of personal expertise that I, I bring to the work I do. That's fantastic. And you've proven out to be an expert in both. And I think it benefits Colorado. I spent my first 16 years as a prosecutor. A lot of people have dedicated themselves to the criminal justice system. I followed from a distance the Rohel Aguilera Maderos matter where you stepped in. You said, I'm going to put a stop to it. 10 years, that's the sentence. Boom. And I'm wondering, as you look back, Good decision, bad decision. Yeah, I, I think what was what I what we did there, and we do you know a number of um, pardons uh, every year. It's one of the authorities of the governor. One of the ones I'm very proud of was we pardoned in uh, mass thousands of people that had low level marijuana possession uh, convictions because it's legal under current state law, and we didn't want that to be held in their permanent record if what they did is no longer a crime. Right, so, but this um, guy caused multiple deaths. That's this guy why was I awful, think it's right. different. So the issue was he got a longer sentence than many, um, uh, you know, many people who deliberately killed people. This is somebody who, it was a tragedy. He was, uh, uh, he, he, uh, uh, wasn't properly trained. He didn't properly take the off ramp that he should have. Uh, uh, people died. I met with the victims, uh, and, and he deserves to be in jail where he is. The um, initial judgment was hundred, I think, one hundred and ten years, if I'm not mistaken. No, but that, but but it could have been reduced, and Judge Bruce Jones might have done it, and the Democrat DA out there, King, she might have done it too. But they didn't get a chance because she jumped the gun, and the judge said. Yeah. You have the authority, but he he's he said I don't appreciate it. And can yeah, you understand well, his you, attitude? You know, you know, DAs professionally clearly didn't appreciate that. But here's the point we're making, and I think DA should heed this: don't go after penalties that you don't actually want. And that it's a simple concept, right? I mean, don't 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 prosecute. Don't don't be surprised. It's like the you know the dog chasing the car, and you catch the you catch the um, um, bumper, and you don't know what to do with it. Don't don't prosecute on 110 years and then and then get that and then that's not what you want. So that that's 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 common. I think it's a common problem in prosecution. Not not a overwhelmingly common problem, but uh, I think that all prosecutors should seek the penalty that they want in a particular case. What about the suggestion? Yeah, no, but were you influenced by Ms. Kardashian? Well, these things are silly. We we had there was. People who, you know, uh, first of all, Craig, you might recall, there were millions of people that wrote in. There were truckers boycotting our state because of it. Um, Did I sort of see all that? Was I aware of all that? Yes. But I looked at the case on the merits and I saw no precedence for 110 year sentence for this type of vehicular crime. I mean, all right. Well, um, I don't think he would have gotten that. And there are motions to reconsider, but I'll defend you in this regard. You made a decisive move, and you kind of ended it. People aren't talking about it a lot, except they will when you get down to a campaign in November, and they're going to bring up the crime issue. You know that. Oh, crime- and by the way, Craig, yes. you're right. Had I not acted, this thing would have been a 
drama for months and years. Right. And 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 it would have been sad and tragic for the victims and for the perpetrator. Nobody would have known what was going. I mean, anyway, we it's there. He'll be in prison 10 years, Craig, right? I mean, it's a reasonable look. We, we looked at my staff poll. I said, my staff poll, similar penalties, right? Pull, but, and we found people that had been in, you know, two years, 15 years. I mean, we took it right. the more severe end. Well, we can we, argue his culpability and he won't serve 10 years. He'll serve a right. fraction of that. But six, let's, six, let's move on six. to just crime because yeah. I, I've been in Denver my whole career, a lot longer than you, and I feel it. it. The homelessness, the crime problem, is that Jared Polis's problem come November? Well, uh, the, we, we've got to make Colorado safer. And and you're right, Craig, you feel it more in Denver than you might feel, feel it in, in other areas of the state. And I have been critical uh, of some of the actions in Denver that I think have led to this, um, and they have the opportunity to turn it around. The, the state nexus uh, is important. So what did we do? We said to the state legislature, let's act. We need to make Colorado, and this is the goal we expressed, Craig, we want to be one of the 10 safest states uh, within five years. Right now, we're, I think, uh, 24th in 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 in, in uh, personal injury and 29th in property crimes. So we're a little worse than average in property crimes, and it's going the wrong way. Uh, it's going the wrong way nationally, to be clear, but it's going the wrong way here, too. We want to turn that around. We want to be top 10 safest, lowest crime rate. So what did we do? We invested in um, about $120 million, more and better policing, money out for law enforcement, recruitment, training, bonuses, salaries, uh, co-response models. I, th- I know you're a fan of those where sometimes if it's somebody having a mental health issue- it's, Oh, that's it's, working so, out well. Yeah. Yeah. It's working out well. We need more of it. Uh, youth uh, diversion and crime prevention um, and reducing the programs to reduce recidivism. You know that it's very localized, law enforcement, Craig. So what can we do as a state? We can help, meaning we can right. we can support, but, 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 but it's but administered it, locally. And I think it's national, too. But let's get down to the primary vote. I have a ballot. It's got your name on it. Why should I vote for you, especially since you don't have any competition in the primary? Shouldn't I vote in the Republican since I'm unaffiliated? Well, I want to encourage everybody to vote, uh, right? And everybody should have gotten a ballot. And and you're right. If you're a registered Republican, you vote in the Republican primary. If you're registered Democrat, Democrat. If you're unaffiliated, you get both. And uh, depending on where you live, uh, your ballot might have different contested races for different uh, different um, different um, parties. So I, you know, all I can just advise people to do is just pick a pick some candidates that move you and vote that ballot. I mean, what is challenging, if you like somebody on the Democratic ballot and somebody on the Republican ballot, you can't both vote both if you're unaffiliated. you got to pick one. You're obviously not bound to support the, those candidates in the general election. Um, so, I, you know, I, I just I just think go with your heart and vote for vote for candidates you like. And particularly if there's one or two contested races, you could just vote those, leave the other blank, you know, whatever you want. People are doing all sorts of things. Here's the other drag on you. Come November, Joe Biden, he's not popular. You know that. What's going wrong there? Well, we've always, and I always encourage them to focus more on saving people money. I just heard reports today that they're looking at suspending the 22 cent per gallon gas tax. I'm very excited about that. That could re- provide some relief at the pump. Um, he also, as you know, Craig, to be fair, has been dealt a very difficult hand. Uh, he came in in the middle of a pandemic, Russian invasion of Ukraine, uh, global inflation. Uh, there, there's a lot going on. At, at, while he's <laughs> so, in his late 70s, which isn't easy. Well, it would it would it would still be going on if he was in his fifties or his forties. I know, too. but maybe a guy on. your age could handle it better. So let me cut to the chase. I could see you winning big in a year that Republicans 
went big all over the country. People take notice of you giving all this money back to the taxpayers. They're going to be saying, hey, this guy could be president. What about it? Not interested. And uh, I said it before, I'll say it again. If, if I have the opportunity to serve and get elected as governor, uh, health permitting, I will serve my entire term. And I'm, I'm excited to do that because this is the best state in, in the country and the best job in the world. And I would never... I would never trade it for anything else. And then by the Colorado Rockies and what, back-to-back World Series? Well, they're, they're then a little the bit more than $1,500, Craig. Maybe if a bunch of us put together, I'll pull mine with yours. Now we're at 3000 Maybe we can get some traction. Love it. Count me in. Mm-hmm. One last question. And I had John Morrison, state senate president, lost his job in a recall. Really unfair. What a great guy. Passionate about the gun issue. And he said... I'm not going to vote for Jared Polis if he doesn't do something to ban assault weapons throughout Colorado. What's your reaction to that? Well, I think Colorado is in a, in a challenging place on this because we have some very good uh, gun laws, but they're not as helpful as they would be because our neighboring states don't. So you know this, Craig, we have universal background checks, but a convicted felon in Colorado can go to an open air gun show in Wyoming and come back with you know, five guns. Um, that is a glaring loophole. It needs to be addressed nationally. I, I'm I'm thrilled that there's this bipartisan package. It doesn't quite include universal background checks, but but I believe it does include background checks for 18 to 21 year olds at least nationally. Some level of that I have to study what the bill does. It's progress. We also limit the magazine size here in Colorado, and um, as you know, I'll I'll. Uh, I'll oppose any effort to gut that. Um, that uh, also affects it. And now we have this new, and I know you've covered this, this new red flag law, which I think it's a, and I think the federal package will uh, endorse it, if you will. I mean, they're not going to do it nationally, but I think they're going to help states that have it do more outreach about it because it really is about outreach, Craig. And if you've delved into the uh, King Supers shooting case in, in Boulder, that could have been a case where had the parents and family been aware of the Red Flag Act, it might have been able to prevent that from happening. And there's other cases like that where there's generally a young man, but it could be a man or a woman of any age who's having a mental health crisis. Their loved ones, their parents, their sisters, their brothers, their spouse sees this, knows this. There's a legal way to re- temporarily remove access to their to their guns and and that can reduce suicides because often it's self-harm but can also reduce um, acting out or mass shootings so we look forward to really being able to to make sure that people know about the availability of that law good moves all but back to assault weapons the uvalde killer had those 30 round magazines a bunch of them so thank you for holding firm on that but ar-15s and ak-47s and alan berg was murdered with a mac-10 way back when They've been outlawed in Denver. I know it's not perfect, but what do you say to John Morris who says, come on, Governor Polis, spend some of your capital and advocate for the end of AR-15s? Or do you agree with Ken Buck that you need them in Colorado to shoot at raccoons coming after chickens? Well, I'll tell you what we did, Craig. The fact that Denver and and Boulder and other cities are looking at um, what they allow and don't allow. I'm a big local control guy. We did it minimum wage on 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 gun safety. So on issue after issue, uh, you can't always expect that Craig Colorado, named after you, Craig Silverman, Craig Colorado, and Boulder and Denver and Fort Morgan are going to have the same policy um, around 
minimum wage, around fracking, around, I live, you know, in Boulder, they don't like fracking. You've probably heard that. In in Greeley, they they do, in Weld County. So it's totally appropriate to have a, a, a different approach. I can also say, Craig, that guns mean different things in different parts of the state. And um, and they're a different part of the culture. Their safe use um, is, of course, a, a protected right statewide. We have the right to bear arms. But around that, yes, we gave now local jurisdictions the ability uh, to take these measures that their voters want them to and that their elected officials want them to to improve safety. Thanks for letting me interview you. Governor Polis, I hope you enjoyed it. I sure did. You were great. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Michael Bailey, a friend, a lawyer, a sponsor. Tell everybody how you bring peace of mind to their life. So by setting up your estate plan, you know what's going to happen to your stuff when you die. You know where it's going to go, you know who's going to get it. We've got everything in place so we're not running to a court to try to get guardianship and conservatorship as quickly as possible. But then it's an orderly proceeding of things. So, you know, there's already enough chaos with the medical emergency, but the legal part of it and who can make decisions is all outlined. It's all set up. So there's, it's like the the smooth transition of power. That's cool because you can avoid so many problems by having a medical power of attorney and discussing it with a smart guy like Michael Bailey, because who should have this? It's probably somebody close. Who do you trust most among your children to make that call? These are the hard and good questions that you ask every day, right, Michael? Right. And if you ask them beforehand, when you're not in the middle of a crisis, then when a crisis hits, we're not trying to do crisis management and medical emergency and everything else. We're going, okay, we've got a smooth transition of power here. We've got a smooth who's in charge, and we can have that all flow so that we can focus on the care. There are so many things in life that you can fill out a form and save yourself money, save yourself heartache. Some people die out of nowhere quickly, but more often you get sick, you have medical difficulties, so it all goes together. But your system works. It works beautifully. What is the best way to contact you these days? Best way, uh, you can give me a call. My phone number is 720-394-6887. And again, that's 720-394-6887. Or you can go online to michaelbaileylawllc.com. And there is a an appointment page on my website that you can use. So either way is fine. Thanks, Michael. I've been fighting for Colorado crime victims for the last four decades. There's a great new Colorado law. It allows victims as far back as January 1, 1960 to hold accountable the perpetrators and the organizations that allowed it to happen. If you were sexually assaulted, now is the time to come forward. Call me anytime you are ready at 303-861-2800. Ask for Craig, Craig Silverman, a voice for victims. Hey, Troubadour. Hi, Craig. That background noise. Skylar, what is he eating? A bone? A monkey. A monkey. Skylar, that's plastic. He gets so excited to see you. Well, that's because I'm his walking buddy. Do you know what happened on my show? I had on Governor Jared Polis and his leading Republican rival, Heidi Ganahl. And I asked them both... Tell me what you think your wheelhouse is. 
your sweet spot, the thing that you are really good at. I'm going to ask you, what's your wheelhouse? Music, of course. Beyond that? Oh well, I I uh, I was gonna I was going to uh, I was predicting what they had said. Okay, see? go ahead, because they both said the same thing. They said two things, and they said identical. Okay, how about this? Connecting with people, entrepreneurship, and education. Oh, okay. What are the odds? And then Heidi said she had a dad who was a reserve cop, so she's got Jared when it comes to crime. And she said, she's not Silver Spoon, kind of implying Jared is, which is sort of true. But he took his parents' fortune and made it many multiples greater. So I had great interviews with them both, but I got to talk with Heidi Ganahl after the big rulings on guns on Thursday and abortion on Friday. You are a suburban father of two beautiful daughters. You have a wife who appears to be female. She sure does. <laughs> you might be overly cautious there. She's 100% female. Very curvy, beautiful. She she looks like a woman, acts like a woman, and she's just marvelous. Mrs. Troubadour, but enough about her. And I will have women sound off next week about abortion, but Heidi Ganahl, she got the comment. Before we get to you, Guns, what did you think of that ruling? Everybody the, gets to pack heat. All right, well, the New York the New York ruling, the Supreme Court ruling yesterday. Uh, the governor, she put it in the best word possible, reprehensible. And mostly I'm referring to the timing of it, Craig. Governor Hochul in New York, where your beautiful daughter lives at the moment, it's not going to help safety in New York for everybody to be carrying guns without permits. Come on now. So what about this abortion ruling, Troubadour? You know, there are other people, Craig. You're so much more qualified to answer that one, to talk to it. Uh, I just don't see how it's going to work. Who are you going to prosecute? It's, it's, not, my, it's not my politics. I, I believe in a, a woman's right to choose, and I have, you know, really probably very little to add to the conversation. All right. Well, I chose... No, you chose. You chose a place in the sun. It's one of my favorites. You know why? Upbeat. It's country. It is. It is country. No, it's not that part. I don't even like country. (laughs) It's the fact that you try to pack in so many social studies issues, right? Gun control, long hair. It's a hippie song from the 60s and 70s, right? I, th- I think, well, uh, juxtaposed uh, against the, time. The, uh, this time. This was time. This gener- and this generation, which is doing things on their own that's very, you know, that's very impressive. Right. You have a line in there about gun control, but it's cool. It's like, uh, I don't mean it as a compliment, Billy Joel. We didn't start the fire. He tries to pack in so much. What did he just say? So you have to hear it a few times, but you put in the word renaissance. Remember that? Yes. That's not in every song. And you know where Heidi Ganahl is from? Um, what, this, that town south of uh, yes. where the Renaissance Festival yes. is? I forget the name Monument. of it. Monument. Oh, is it Monument? Okay, what's, yes. the, what's, the, what's the town there? Actually, the Renaissance. Uh, is it Larkspur? Larkspur, I think. Okay. Yes, that's right. That's All right, right. same okay, area. Okay, she's there. Palmer Lake. Right, yeah. 
She's from Renaissance Festival It's fun. We used to go when the kids were young. Did you buy all the paraphernalia? (laughs) I tried to distract the kids so that we wouldn't come home with, like, weapons of war. (laughs) This song has all the classic Dave Gunders elements. He put the sun right in there. We've seen some beautiful moons lately. And did you know that all the planets are aligned right now? Are they aligned with the Republicans? It seems to be. Yeah. Yeah, with the price of gas. I told the Heidegger and all, I said, you know, what if gas goes to $8? You not only win, but there's a big Republican legislature, and then they're going to give you an abortion bill. What would you sign? And it's like, I think she was a little overwhelmed at the prospect, and so are we. You know what we need? We need to listen to your music. Episode 102, don't you think it's kind of cool to have the governor of Colorado and his leading rival come on our little old podcast? I'm excited to hear it. I'm excited to hear a place in the sun by our troubadour, Dave Gunders. Thank you, troubadour. Thanks, Craig. Now in our time, my generation learned to cross those lines. It wasn't well received by the power elite. They lost their patience with their hair and the guitars and the flowers and the bees. is a great sponsor of my show, but more than that, he's my lawyer, my end-of-life planning lawyer, and I've got two dogs. What about you? I have two dogs right now as well. And not only do you love your dogs at home with your kids and your wife, but you get involved with dog issues in your law practice. Tell everybody about that. 
So I will write pet trusts, which is you can earmark money to take care of your pets. Um, you know, a lot of people, you know, they've got their dogs and you know, they love their dogs. But then if somebody were to, you know, if, you're, if you were to pass away, you know, who's going to take your dogs? Who would, who would love your dogs as much as you do? I don't know that anybody would love your dogs as much as you do. But like I grew up with dogs. And so if I were to pass away, then my parents or my siblings could take the dogs. So when you set up a pet trust, you can dictate who's going to get those dogs and then who you can leave money to take care of the dogs as well. I like working with you and I think you are ahead of your time. You have 15 different locations. How cool is that? It is nice to be able to go to all the different locations and, you know, meet people where it's comfortable and more convenient for them. And nobody wants to drive from one part of Metro Denver to the other to meet with a lawyer. You will come to them. Yep, and I'll deal with traffic so you don't have to. Tell us how people can get in touch with you. My direct phone number is 720-394-6887, or they can go to my website, which is mobileestateplanning.com. And again, that's mobileestateplanning.com. And there's even a schedule, you know, there's a book an appointment link on this on the website. All right, Michael Bailey, thank you. Hey, I have some exciting news. I am starting my brand new law firm. It's Attitude, mine. The legal skills, mine. The support staff, incredible. Find us online soon at CraigsColoradoLaw.com. Find me right now on Twitter at CraigsColorado. Craig Silverman, a voice for victims. A big thank you to my guest, Governor Jared Polis. What an honor to have you on, sir. Heidi Ganahl, I loved our conversation. Let's keep it going. I hope you went on Tuesday. I hope we get rid of the MAGA infection that has plagued this country. Extremist, radical, enemy to the rule of law. But you know how I feel. Dave Gunders, our troubadour, he expresses himself through music. That's beautiful. When we return, we will have the results from the primary election. We will have women sounding off about the Dobbs decision. Join us then, Saturday morning, 9 a.m. Colorado time. Tell a friend, subscribe. Five stars is so nice. Thank you. Thank you for listening. Tune in live every Saturday morning, 9 to noon, Mountain Time. Visit thecraigsilvermanshow.com for the podcast, blog, and more. Be sure to subscribe on all major podcasting platforms to be updated when new episodes are available. This has been The Craig Silverman Show.